1: As always, thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we dive back into another spooky movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Today is the 28th, y'all. 28th day. 28 days. (laughs) (laughs) Did you like, do you like what I'm doing here? I'm I'm fully with this.
2: I am 100% on board. (laughs) with the 28 memes coming from Erica um, we got 24 <laughs> more homies I'm excited I hope you're excited um she's gonna keep them coming
1: <laughs> yeah I've got a have got them in the bag I'm just pulling them out as I go along um but we're 28 days into June
2: also almost 28 days into season two almost like just about oh, 28 yeah. days.
1: Yeah, you're right. So what better way to celebrate 28 days than with 28 days later?
2: (laughs) Oh, homies, y'all know I'm pumped for this one. If you've been listening for any length of time, you know I'm pumped for this one.
1: Yeah, I was about to say, can you homies guess which one of us um, suggested this movie? (laughs) (laughs) Because there'd be a guess for O'Shane.
2: You nailed it. It was me. You might be
1: right. It <laughs> was my pick.
2: We're finally doing it. I know I've like hinted for almost a year now that like we will cover this movie eventually. Don't worry. I'm fighting mm-hmm. for it. We'll get here. And yeah. God damn it, we're here. I'm excited. We got
1: here. We planned out the perfect day for it. Mm-hmm. Um, So, yeah, we're talking about 28 days later today. But before we get into it, it is time for my last uh, shout-out of the month. Whoop, whoop. whoop, whoop. Um, so, yes, I am shouting out the podcast Horror... Okay, let me try saying that again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just about to say whores, and that's not, that's not right. Let's
2: um, not do that.
1: <laughs> let's, not, let's not go down that path. Um, no, the podcast is Horror Queers Podcast. Um, yeah, I thought this was a great podcast to end the shoutouts on. I actually just started listening to them very, very recently, and I'm really, really enjoying their show. Obviously, as um, you can probably guess from the title. Uh, so they just kind of take a look at horror movies through like a queer lens and dissect movies with that being the focus of it. I really like that I they have some really interesting takes on movies I enjoy the conversations that they have and they have a really good range of movies that they cover so if you guys are interested in listening to them as is the case with all of the podcasts that I've shouted out they are on Spotify and they're also on Apple podcasts so as usual head over give them a little listen Check them out. If you like them, let them know and tell them that the homies sent ya. But I know our Shane is chomping.
2: I'm dying. I am
1: bits?
2: dying worse than the enemies in this movie. I am dying to talk about this film. Because I yeah. I mean, we've never talked about it. You know I love it. I'm actually really excited to hear your opinions about it. Um, <laughs> I'm excited to start this dialogue with the homies. Every part of this episode is making me giddy. Just
1: uh, I'm, I'm so excited. <laughs> um but yeah, what are how would you feel if I was just like, "Oh, I hate this movie." <laughs> like what if I was harboring that secret this whole time and every time you brought it up, I was just like, "Yeah, yeah."
2: You know what? Honestly, it would be okay because damn it, I will put my foot down before we even get into anything and say that this movie is so good that even if you hated it, I think I can convince you to like it at least a little bit.
1: Okay. We got a lawyer on our hands. So. <laughs> okay. No. I will keep I'll keep my thoughts a secret then. I cannot um, wait for
2: us to get one a, a, the first one of the fucking show for twenty eight It would
1: be it would be an interesting discussion.
2: It would. But I stand by what I said. I think I by the end of this episode, even if you don't hate or even if you don't love twenty eight days later, I think I will at least Make 28 Days Later a respectable film for both you and most listeners. I'll I'll do my best.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, then, without further ado, let's get into it.
2: You got it. So, homies, as always, we are entering into spoiler territory. So you have been warned. But today, to my excitement, we're talking about 28 Days Later from 2002. Now, this one was directed by Danny Boyle. With a script written by Alex Garland and is starring Killian Murphy, Naomi Harris, Brendan Gleason, and Megan Burns.
3: It's been 28 days since the accident that put Jim in a coma. He awakes to find himself alone and confused in an abandoned hospital. He goes outside only to find the streets of London empty and barren. But Jim is not alone. He finds himself at a church where he is nearly killed by a pack of feral people, but saved by the wandering duo of Mark and Selina. To Jim's dismay, Selena reveals that London has been lost, and all that's left is people filled with rage insert bloody vomit scenic road trips and Olympic grade infected here our film concludes with Jim and his new makeshift family banding together to survive and find the answer to infection also blame Peter. roll credits <laughs> truly, truly. I mean I mean but for real (laughs) though
1: who is the real villain
2: (laughs) all right well i mean we've already kind of established that i'm a big fan of this movie so we kind of know where my notes are going to lead so i'm very curious erica start us off what's in your notebook
1: okay i'm gonna start off by saying although i have seen this movie before it's been a actually a pretty long time since I last watched it mm-hmm. um that's not to say I haven't seen like bits and pieces of it here and there since my last full watch through but like the last time i watched the movie start to finish was in high school i okay. believe All right. so it's been a mini um but as soon as this movie started the one thing that came back to me that i remember always appreciating about this movie is the immediate atmosphere that they're able to create because it going blowing past the beginning section of this because obviously the very beginning is the where the outbreak begins Mm -hmm. which of course is the chimpanzee biting the person but getting past that and getting straight into jim's story just the way that we are immediately in his shoes and i mean every the streets are just barren Mm -hmm. and the thing about it is there's so little life left on the streets so you don't even really know like what because at this point in time you don't really know what this version of like a zombie is capable of doing right mm-hmm. so you're kind of expecting to see different things but when he gets out it's like there's just nothing it's almost like humans have just ceased to exist and the fact that they were able to pull that off in you know, this huge city and really, really make it feel like there is just nothing there besides Jim is great. Like, yeah. it's just a, it's, it's a great start to this movie. And immediately you, I think, are put into that mindset of how would I feel waking up? First of all, not even knowing how long I've been asleep or been in a coma, But waking up, going outside and be and just nothing. Mm -hmm. All of the city life. Like how would you feel if you lived in LA? (laughs) Which you do. Like how you know what I mean? Like how would you feel if you went to sleep one night and then you woke up and you went outside and LA was just completely barren?
2: Yeah. It's such an eerie sight to see. And I know that it was very important for them to create this atmosphere from the beginning because it does really pull you in seeing jim walk through the streets of london and having it be barren because like you know london to be a very populous place so seeing that that difference that stark difference is always so mesmerizing to me um and the fact that they were able to pull that off like i know that they had to i guess for about three or four days they had to get up at like the absolute ass crack of dawn Um, And then they were working with local police to like section off little parts of London for them to shoot um, because they had to literally stop the entire city parts of the city for a moment just to get those shots. And Mm. I'm sure that was an absolute logistical nightmare for them. But I think it really paid off in the finished product because it really gets to pull you into the world, like you said, of just being so alone and isolated um, one of the things I do, I did want to talk about real quick with the opening, not, not to stay too long on it. But, um, one of the first notes I did write is that every time I watch it, I think I like the opening a little bit more. Um, I do love the way that we start on like this, like human chaos. And we kind of assume because you're going into a zombie movie, right? So, like, when you get into that first opening sequence of, like, people fighting and whatnot, you're like, all right, this is pretty typical for zombie movies. But that pan out into what eventually gets established as the, you know, lab where they're experimenting on the monkeys to create this virus. um, I think it was a nice little misdirect that they did. And I also like the idea of the virus itself, this rage virus. I think that this was something a little different. what we'd seen in the genre up until this point right like we've seen a lot of people coming back from the dead we you know we we've gotten some resident evil stuff with other kind of viruses right but the idea of a virus that it's not really turning people into zombies it's just fueling them with unadulterated pure rage to the point that they just want to kill anything near them Uh, i thought that was very creative and Um, for the very nitpicky folk out there, we will establish right here and now that this is technically an infection movie, not a zombie movie. And it is a very close, um, it is a very close street there, but this is definitely an infection movie. Personally, I just call them all the same thing myself, but I know there are some purists that are like, this is not, these are not zombies, they're actually infected people, so for all of those, all of those three of you who are listening, yes, this is an infection movie, not a zombie movie. Yeah,
1: But yeah, we're still gonna call them zombies. <laughs> well, I'm gonna call them zombies, because what else am I gonna say? It'll be infected. I mean, I guess I could, but zombies just sounds a little bit spicier. <laughs> um, Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, love that it's this different virus that just completely takes over your mind and makes you just uncontrollably like want to attack anything that's around you yeah because and they don't
2: eat they don't really like eat each other they just like rip each other apart and beat the shit out of each other but no one like really like eats eats
1: yeah and i don't know if it's meant to be i don't know if it's if they are like if that's something that they Is implied that they do, or
2: like eating people?
1: Yeah, not like not eating people in the sense that like zombies eat people, Mm -hmm. but just if there is something that they feed on from people, whether that be blood or whatever, or if they are just just beating the shit out of people. Because I mean, it's hard. It's hard to tell with some people because you know some people get attacked, and we don't really fully get to see what happens to them in the long run mm-hmm. um but the thing about it that makes that hard to know and hard to tell which is also a thing that i think is quite scary is that the the turn rate is like 10 20 seconds
0: yep 10 20 seconds so That's it.
1: fast so even if that was the case maybe they do have a little you know have a little taste of something but as soon as that person that they're attacking gets infected, they become one of them mm-hmm. immediately. So it's like you gotta, what are you gonna eat on? Yeah. You can't eat anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the
2: and that's the I mean that's also the perk though of making it an infection versus trying to make it something zombified, quote unquote. Uh, because now you get to play around with how it works, right? We get to we get this idea that you get ten to twenty seconds. Of a window before this person is going to be fully consumed by this virus, and then because they're not technically undead, that's where we get what a lot of people get scared fucking shitless about this movie is we get fast zombies or fast infected whatever you want to call them like they're not they're not the little hobble around, try and like slowly group up on you and get you like these motherfuckers will chase you down
1: mm-hmm. yeah we got fast boys yeah we got, we got very s- fast
2: <laughs> very fast boys and while we're on that topic since i got a plethora of ra- random fun facts they actually hired um like real runners like olympic level runners to make the zombies even scarier um which mm-hmm. i thought was you know fun little fun little adage that they did mm-hmm.
1: which i think is smart because it, it they have to look not only like they're fast but that they are pretty in shape and can outrun you Mm -hmm. which because that's the thing that's scary is the idea of like oh well they if they can outrun me (laughs) you know because there really is a difference between a person you know just a regular person just running there's a difference between that and a person who knows how to you know knows how to c- run correctly and has form and knows how to fucking stride yeah. like there's definitely a difference there's a difference between me running and like an actual person who runs track running and if we were in a race I would get oh my god I wouldn't even be in last I would be like we wouldn't even be on the same course <laughs> <laughs> the
2: time. y'all if Usain Bolt gets the rage virus that's a wrap he's snatching up <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever country done. he's in
1: it's done at that point. Um, but no, yeah, I I like these these this version of infection I think is really interesting. And at this point in time when I had first seen this movie, I hadn't ever seen a different like a different variation of that. I had always just seen, you know, pretty classic zombies. zombies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So, like, no, I mean, and we we aren't necessarily fully introduced to them yet, but, I mean, jumping ahead, very little, because we get them very quickly as Jim's kind of wandering around through the barren streets of London, and then he comes upon a church, which, real quick, just to blanket this whole thing outside of my regular fandom that I, I will have, um, I love the, the way that this movie is shot, I know they shot it um very gritty on purpose. I think they shot it digitally just to keep that like very gritty, like realistic feel. And despite that, they still managed to get some really cool shots, like several times throughout. I will be pointing them out a lot. Sorry. But one of the first ones I thought was really good was him entering the church and we get this kind of like over the shoulder of the cross of Jim walking into the church. I always love that shot every time we get we get to it.
1: Yeah. It's a great, I mean, that whole sequence of him first kind of stumbling upon what's going on is just a great Yeah. moment. And also, I appreciate that we started the movie kind of with a naked man as opposed to a naked woman for once. That's true. Right. Oh, that I also, Very nice.
2: <laughs> I actually wrote that in my notes. I wrote, you know, I always forget that I've seen Killian's dick. It's like this small secret bond that we share <laughs> and have shared for several years now. And like, I just always forget until I pop in this movie and remember, oh, yeah, I've seen him fully nude.
1: Yeah, I forgot that that was how we like are first introduced to him. But, but I mean, it's just one of those, and it's just another thing where he's like in such a vulnerable state. Right. When we first meet him. And honestly, he is insanely lucky. That he even survived as long as he did. Because if anybody in that hospital had been right around him and had that infection, I mean, what? What? I don't know if they would have done anything to him because he was just kind of lying there. But I don't know i don't know (laughs) yeah right (laughs) he's a lucky boy (laughs) he's he's
2: incredibly lucky but the whole idea that he's like in a coma and wakes up in the heat of things is just smart i know a lot of other zombie stuff post this movie kind of steal that idea and i think that idea itself was stolen from something
0: but Mm -hmm.
2: just people waking up from like a coma in a hospital during the zombie apocalypse, it works, it's cool. It's At this point, it's kind of cliche, but for good reason. Like, it makes a lot of sense.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: What also makes sense to me personally is Jim's mistake when he's in the church. Because, like, he, you know, he has no idea what the fuck's going on. He's just wandering around. He finally wanders into this church, and then, like, from the balcony, you see this absolute pile of bodies, which, another shot that I fucking love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But then, you know, instinctively, he, I guess he's just like, hello, you know, is anybody here? And the way those infected pop up out of that bunch of bodies and immediately things just start fucking hitting the fan, it really, I think, pulls you into just how fast paced this world is as far as zombie apocalypse goes. Cause he, mm-hmm. he, he barely mumbles that hello. And this man starts going fucking through it. That priest coming through the door all fucking. ah, ah, ah. So good. So good.
1: And honestly, kudos once again to Jim for, you know, making it out of there. Because if it was me, I think my knees would (laughs) have buckled. I would have like just fallen to the ground. Um, But no, he gets out and he is saved by selena and mark mm-hmm. um so i love the character of selena mm-hmm. she is a great i mean i like all of our main characters in this movie um selena and frank i really really like frank as well Who mm-hmm. will be a little bit later on but i just think that she's such a great Like her character arc in this movie. So
2: fucking good.
1: Is pretty damn good. Hers and Jim's as well. Jim has a very, very nice character arc. Yeah, um, he really does. But I think for her specifically, because we don't know, she has had to live 28 days within this world that we don't see and that we don't ever really get to find out all we really know is that obviously she's lost people she's lost her family we don't really learn anything more about her previous than that Mm -hmm. and so i think meeting her and already having her be so kind of cold and cutthroat is pretty obvious. I mean, you know, and to sur- it's not it's no surprise that she has survived as long as she has. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think Mark is alive, probably a lot to do with her. Um Probably
2: honestly probably, but I have to say, now I've seen this movie a fucking shit ton of times, but this time around, I liked Mark more. And I'm not sure why. I don't know why this time I was just like kind of vibing Mark because he's not Clearly you like Selena better than Mark. It's like, it's very quick and very easy to like, you know, connect with Selena over Mark. But Mark's not terrible. I will say that joke is still trash like the 20th time listening to it.
3: Man walks into a bar with a giraffe. I just get pissed. The giraffe falls over. The man goes to leave and barman says, oi, you can't leave that lying there. There's no, not a lion.
0: It's a giraffe.
1: <laughs> no, no, I, I like Mark. I actually think he's a really, he's one of those characters where him and Selena are like almost on the opposite sides, but you you see where they find common ground because he very much like Selena, he also is in the mindset of, you know, you have to kind of be willing to, do horrible things to survive this world. I just think in opposition to her and how she is handling it, he's able to keep like his lighthearted sense of humor a little bit more than she is. And that's what helps him get through the day. Yeah. I don't, I actually enjoy him as a character for like the five minutes that we get to know (laughs) him before he's brutally murdered Mm -hmm. (laughs) by Selena. But yeah, I just think that her character is I love how strong she is and uh, but I also love that it's one of those things where she you completely understand why she is the way that she is. And I like that she is able to still let people in and relate to people on some, you know, in some aspects. But it's just that she just has this wall up that needs to be broken down a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I do think it's interesting that, like Jim is able to break it down in a way that Mark never was. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I just think I don't know. I just like their relationship
2: a yeah. lot. and it it's kind of yeah. interesting to me to how. Both Mark and Selena have very strong survival instinct at this point, like they have to because they're twenty eight days in. But how quickly they're still willing to help Jim always fascinates mm-hmm. me. Where it's like it kind of goes against what they, what you would think they stand for, right? Whereas like you think they would have just left this dude to his devices and gotten torn up, but they they really went out of their way um, to both save him and then uh, proceed to help him go and, you know, find his parents, even though they know what the deal is with them. But, like, the fact that they're even willing to do that, I think is a very testament to the kind of layered characters that they are, where they're, like, they're still... Like, they're trying to survive, but they're still human. Like, they're still human at the end of the day, and they still have pieces of their humanity, even if it's, i somewhat fractured at this point.
1: Right. Well, and I and I also, I mean, something that they mention is... The two rules are, you know, never go alone and unless you have to and always travel by daylight unless you don't have a choice. And so I feel like for them, they really do play by the like strength in numbers Mm -hmm. idea, which makes sense. It's like, why would I want to be by myself? Like, (laughs) you know, and when I could have someone who could have my back, but I think for Selena, for sure, which we see a little bit later on with Frank and Hannah, is that she looks at Jim and he seems fit enough to, he doesn't have like, you know, extra baggage and stuff. It's just him. And so it's like, okay, yeah, you can keep up with us. As opposed to Frank and Hannah, where, you know, Frank's a little bit older, he has a daughter. And I feel like she sees that a little bit as a liability in the beginning. But then later on, it's like, okay, now we've, like, created our own family. But for Jim, it's like, yeah, you'll probably be able to keep up with me, which he's not. <laughs> nah, um, not but...
2: at, least, at least not at the beginning. He's a little out not of shape after his 28-day yeah, coma. <laughs> his <laughs> yeah. 28 day coma. Um, yeah. And before moving into the parent part, too, um, as I'm doing my little camera shoutouts, one, I fucking really love the way that they do... The exposition to Jim, where it's kind of like a camera pan from Jim to Selena. And you don't see any characters for the entire length of that pan. It's, like, around the room. But in the time that it takes the camera to move, we get, like, everything that has happened exposition-wise. So I just thought that it was, it was an interesting way to shoot that. And, like, I was definitely paying a lot to, if you can't tell, I was paying a lot of t- attention to camera moves this time around. Um, but there was also one shot that I have never seen in, like, my 20-ish times of seeing this movie that really stuck out to me is there's a moment when they're in that bodega or wherever the fuck that is, and, like, so I don't even know if is talking, but the camera's just on her, like, side profile with, like, a light glow around her. If you can, just rewind the movie to that part and look for that shot because it is Fucking beautiful. I wrote that shit in all caps on my notebook. That <laughs> fucking shot of Selena was so good. Um, Okay, I'm done gushing over that. We
1: can, <laughs> we can move forward. <laughs> um, okay, so then the next big thing is they go to check on his parents. Mm-hmm. And this is another time that we see that it really, really is truly an infection. It has to get into your bloodstream in some way because it, this is not... Like we said, this is not a coming back from the dead type of situation. When you're dead, you you big dead. Like you don't there's no coming back because yeah. he sees his parents and they um have taken pills and oh the note that they left for him is so sweet and so sad. I sob. I sob. <laughs> it's so they, tragic. Like the what is the last thing they they are just like, you know, we left you sleeping and now we it's are like, sleeping too it's like don't wake up yeah, don't, we'll please see don't see you wake soon. up yeah bro if i was jim i i would just be <laughs> i would just be in shambles like why did you have to write me the saddest note possible
2: yeah and then like that night too like finding the videos and like just re-watching the last memories he's got of his parents that whole the whole sequence that jim goes through um, other people go through sequences in this house. But Jim's journey at his parents' house is always so sad. And, it, like, it never gets hard or easier to watch. Because it's just, like, you know what's coming. But, like, in a way, I think uh, Selena says, like, you know, you're lucky, like, right afterwards. And, you know, it's kind of a shitty thing to say. But it's not that it's not true. It's, like, it as far as deaths in this universe go, his parents got off kind of lucky and that just feels weird to say right because you know they had to die the way that they did but comparatively yeah. to the death that they could have had um, it's actually less tragic which yeah it's pretty wild
1: which I think he realizes as time goes on he's probably like yeah you guys were right I'm grateful because yeah the way that it could have been it, at least you know they went out on their own terms mm-hmm. which I think is more than you can say for most people in this situation Mm -hmm. um so yeah so jim so here's the thing like selena and mark promptly fall asleep and just leave jim to his own devices and you know jim is so unprepared understandably so Unprepared for this world. He doesn't know, you know, what's okay and what's not, how to keep a low profile, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, that's kind of stuff that you would have to learn over time. And he's been awake for a day. And so he doesn't know because he's like standing by the window and he has this candle lit. And he's like listening to this, the video of him and his parents. Mm-hmm. And so he basically has like the bat signal up for the, <laughs> for the zombies and they just crash through the window. Bruh,
2: the, what, the fact that one of them literally comes from the ceiling, just drops down like fucking Batman.
1: It's like, what? Yeah, like Mission Impossible. They like come out, it's like, come from every direction um, and attack them. Uh, Jim and Selena make it out okay. Mark? Not so much.
2: Mark's got a little uh he's got a little boo-boo on his arm. Yeah. And unfortunately, here's the thing. Uh that's uh ten to twenty seconds of yo ass about to be infected, and uh well here's the thing is uh Selena ain't got no hesitation. She ain't got no hesi, cause (laughs) Selena wrecks Mark with a machete Mm -hmm. so badly, like Texas Chainsaw style just rips this man to pieces.
1: Yeah. But that's the thing is it's understandable in this universe because like I said, the the, the rate or the time within them turning into that is so quick. And she says herself, like, I don't hesitate. And you can't, because Mm -hmm. you don't have the luxury in other, you know, movies where there's, like, enough time to just (laughs) kind of have, like, a farewell. Like, you don't have that in this. No. You get bit, and you immediately are upset. (laughs) You're, like, immediately ready to kill. That's a wrap.
2: (laughs) And one of the things I do love about the... The Selena Mark uh, scene there is for me it was one of, it was one of if not my first times really seeing that played out in any sort of infection zombie movie of like a friend turning and then you, I feel like when people talk about the zombie apocalypse they're always like jokingly with their friends like oh if I turned would you be able to kill me or like something like that and I don't think I'd ever seen it depicted the way that they depicted it in this film where it's just selena knew what was going to happen and she just acted accordingly and on paper it just seems so normal for the situation but seeing it seeing how quickly it happens and seeing just how quickly she's able to just move on from that and then continue her life it's very jarring and i think it was something that was not quite yet explored in the genre the way that they explored it in that scene
1: yeah, it was on site for her, and um, like I, cause out of everybody, cause we see it a little bit later on. Like even with Jim, when he has to, is meant to be, you know, killing Frank. Like even Jim hesitates. Like it's it's a hard thing to do, mm-hmm. and. Um. yeah, she's like ready to rock Uh, right after she does (laughs) that. She's like, all right, let's get changed and let's get out of here. But you know what? Like I said, I have a feeling that it's just one of those things where I think it's very clear that Selena has had to do this a lot in her time in dealing with this it seems like she has had to kill a lot of people that she's probably close to um because she has found a way to kind of like disassociate that and Mm -hmm. not have to feel you know any regret or shame or any type of way about it It seems like she's kind of been able to compartmentalize that which you know plays into her arc and yeah. where she ends up at the end I which mean, is nice. you gotta do what you gotta
2: do in this world and it's funny like, even as they're like walking the next day um she's like makes the comments about kind of like okay what kind of partner are you gonna be are you gonna be like frank or like what what, what kind of scenario are we doing here so it does kind of imply that she's had to trade partners um quite a lot in these past 28 days mm-hmm. but they're on their journey now that happens and then they uh, they meet up with Frank and Hannah, who are kind of holding out in a very tall apartment complex. Um, they've got some, like, which is very smart. They had some, like, flashing Christmas lights to, like, alert any survivors, which is very bold, too.
1: Um, yeah, yeah.
2: Because, like, I don't know what kind of world we've established yet here, because a lot of times in these sort of scenarios, you assume, like, other people aren't, you know, are bad. Um, so it is kind of interesting that they are actively looking for people to come to them, but I mean, we find out why very quickly. Uh, one of my next notes in this sequence though, was uh, when they're going up the stairs and they start getting chased by infected and Jim screaming like, wait, Selena, wait. And I wrote down, wait. Bro, you must not know Selena. but yeah.
1: well, also, like, wait for what? You know what Like, what? Why would I wait? And how am I going to help you? Like, I, I am I supposed to help you run faster? Right? So you better
2: pick up the pace, Jim.
1: What do you mean, wait? Like, <laughs> and, and I get it. I get it. He's panicking, right? He's freaking out. And he really can't believe. He's like, damn, she's really going to leave me right now. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, of course she is. What? Is she going to run side by side? This isn't like a tandem running right. like situation. Like Just run, dude. Just run or be eating,
2: Jamie. Get with the fucking program.
1: And he wasn't too far behind her. He nah. He really wasn't in the grand scheme of things. Nah.
2: But he was far enough away that Selena was like, I ain't going back for your yeah. ass. He was
1: far enough away that like they would have gotten him. And probably been like you know beating the shit out of him, and Selena would have gotten away fine. But
2: but they they both make it, and then we meet um, Frank, the juggernaut Santa Claus, as well as because <laughs> this man straight up wrecked those infected. And we meet his daughter Hannah, who I love Hannah. Hannah's so pure. She's such a
0: she's
2: <laughs> a, she's such just like a beacon of like at, after everything we've been through up until that point. Like seeing some just like. Ah, <sighs> relaxed energy I felt like was so refreshing. Cause like the first the first quarter of this movie is pretty fucking intense. Like things just keep happening over and over again. And we finally get this mini little respite when we get the two groups of survivors.
1: See that's how I feel about Frank. I feel like he's just such a like jolly, jolly like he's just such a dad. You know? Like he's just is it's almost like life has continued on for them in a normal way. And they're still, you know, treating it like, oh, we're just like a father and daughter living together like, like, oh, three's company type of situation. But then there's also just happened to be, you know, these infected people outside. So I really, I really enjoy his character. Yeah.
2: And their relationship informs the basically the start of Selena's journey, too, because like we hear throughout the course of the movie how she kind of views them as this oddity in this new world right where it's like everything in the world has gone to fucking shit but they have each other and that's enough for both of them and i think that sparks something in selena um after everything that she's been through that that sort of trust between two characters i think really opens up her eyes for the first time in a while but uh we do quickly find out that the reason why they were kind of promoting the fact that they're there is they need help they are mm-hmm. running out of resources, and they have found this radio uh, recorded message saying that there's a place that may have safety. Um, however, it's too dangerous of a journey to go with just the two of them, so they needed more people to make this trip. Which, mm-hmm. lo and behold, Selena and Jim have arrived. Yep.
1: So, perfect timing for them because they're like literally almost out of water. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so they are, although Selena is not totally down for the idea, uh, it's the first time that they have kind of gotten hope because, as far up to, as she was convinced, there's no government, there is no army, there is nothing. There was nobody who was able to, from, you know, who would be able to kind of come in and give them any kind of uh, safety or guard them in any way. And this is the first time that she's heard that, oh, no, there are still soldiers who could possibly give them, you know, a hand. So that's like her first little grain of hope. I think that maybe there is something better. Mm -hmm. And I think for them also, too, you know, because you said, oh, it's. How dangerous is this world, as far as like other people? It definitely see it. We're given the point of view that survivors are just not around. They're just not it. Like you just don't have you don't have those.
2: It's it's not even a
1: debate about whether or not people are good. There are no people. (laughs) Right, right. So I, it seems like for them, it's like the first person that you run across. You know, because until later on in the movie, it really does seem like every. Because the need to survive is so strong for everyone, it seems like everyone, at least Selena and Mark, because they mentioned that they've had some people, um, have run into, they haven't had any issues like that because people are just so... Like, you need other people to survive in this world. Mm. Like, you can't do it on your own. It's just, there's just no way. Yeah.
2: Which leads us into the uh, road trip portion of this movie, which yeah. I fucking love. I yeah. love, it always weirds me out, and I forget every time until we're here into this portion of the movie, how, like, soft and cheery this film gets in, like, the middle portion. It's actually fucking nuts to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, like, a cute little, like, National Lampoon's vacation. Right? Type of <laughs> journey across, <laughs> across like, after this first situation they have where they have a flat tire mm-hmm. and they almost get caught there yeah. after that happens it's pretty smooth sailing yeah. like they don't have any run ins of that nature they go like grocery shopping <laughs> i wrote down with picnic. the with the
2: grocery shopping stuff i wrote two things one this is like the one like nitpicky thing about this movie but a lot not just myself a lot of people have pointed this out It has been very, very much established that most electricity has gone out, yet this fucking grocery store is fluorescent still. Mm -hmm. Every light in this place works, which is kind of funny. But the I second wonder, thing would it be
1: like a generator,
2: you, yeah, it could be a generator, but like a, tr- a generator that's going at that capacity for 28 days straight, you know, yeah. questionable, but whatever. Because I
1: know this. I know the soldiers have a generator.
2: Yeah, it's true. It's true. So like, it's possible, but you know, kind of questionable. But the second part of the scene, which I noticed more this time around is there's a little brief like montage moment where like you see all the rotten fruit. And then we pause on just a batch of processed green apples (laughs) that Franks Mm -hmm. picks up. I just thought that was a funny kind of jab at how, like, the processed food that we are, you know, trying to stray uh, stray away from and hate um, are this absolute beacon and and nourishment in this Mm -hmm. scenario. It's just funny how those tables turn there. And I like that they put that little juxtaposition in there.
1: What would you grab? Like, what if it was you and you were
2: in that grocery store? In that grocery food. store? <sighs> Fuck. I mean...
1: Your Top three snacks that you'd be like, let me just take this
2: one. Top three snacks. With. That's hard. I mean, like, one, I would definitely get the boring choice of, like, either some baked beans or some canned chili, you know, get as many of them motherfuckers as mm-hmm. humanly possible. And then try to think of something else, like, usable... That's like a good one uh some some other boring option under the food category let's just say that like nuts or Mm -hmm. some shit like that um but i think for the third option i'd probably sift through and see how many bags of fruit snacks are left because i'm like when's the next time i'm really going to get to enjoy the delicious fruity taste of some Welch's fucking you know fruit snacks.
1: True, you're right. So prop
2: so probably that would be the little extra thing that I threw into my cart, you know. Yeah. But what? Okay. What about you? What about you? Now I want to know.
1: I would get sea salt and vinegar chips, mm-hmm. kettle kettle cooked. Mm-hmm. Probably like fruit cocktail. Fruit cut co- Would that?
2: Are you sure? You sure you are? did those last forever? Are they that processed? <laughs>
1: I mean, I think so. <laughs> I, th- I mean, I used to eat them out of the out of the like cabinet and sitting in there for who knows how long. Fair. And then probably like Twinkies.
2: Oh, you'd be a tw- you'd be one of the Twinkies. Or are you like? like is your Zombie Land showing? You gotta go for that Twinkie.
1: I would be. See, this is one of those things where that's my snack, but that's what I mean where I say like. I wouldn't get very far because I'm just (laughs) eating shit. (laughs) And so I'm, like, probably going to fall apart fairly quickly. Um, But if I was with a group of people and they were getting, like, you know, actual good stuff, I would get, yeah, I'd I'd get that stuff for sure. It's
2: it's kind of a hard question, at least for me, though, because, like, uh, on a normal everyday basis, it still takes me, like, 45 minutes to get five items at the grocery store. Like, I'm one of those people. Mm -hmm. So I can't imagine how long it would take me um in the last grocery store i may ever visit in my life <laughs>
0: yeah it might take me some crazy. time to
2: decide what i want in my car
1: really i feel like i would just grab everything right like I'd just grab my shit because i'd be like i'll get to it eventually but, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> but we get we get all that the group is starting to kind of like band together a little bit more we even see like uh selena starting to open up she's starting to enjoy the journey a bit more um there's a lot of smiling a lot of laughing a lot of very casual, relaxed music. I'm like, this yeah. is a very stark difference from, like... <laughs>
1: from earlier. From earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a cool... There's a really cool shot where they're, like, driving along the road, and it's, like, a painting. Like, all the flowers are, like, painted. hmm And then their car is, just like, driving above it. That yeah. Was really cool.
2: Super, super cool. But... We have to take a break from the from a little bit of happiness because mm-hmm. the car is going to run out of gas. So they have to make a little pit stop, and it's during this pit stop that we actually get a very interesting bit of, um, I guess, character journey you could say for Jim because they, you know, they stop they they're doing all the necessary precautions that they need to have to make sure that they're safe getting this gas into their car. They found, like, a tanker to, like, you know, siphon some gas from. Um, but Jim kind of goes off on his own for a little bit. And I wrote down in my notes, and I was like, you know, this point in the movie, Jim's getting kind of bold. From the guy that we met at the beginning of the movie to the guy in this moment right now walking through this, like, gas station area, he's, like, mm-hmm. he's got his little baseball bat and he's, like, walking around, like, you know, try something. Like, somebody, I dare you. Mm-hmm. And then he goes in and he's actually looking He goes in there and then he calls out to try and attract um, some sort of infected to come after him. Like he's actually looking for a fight at this point Um, Mm -hmm. because we realize up until now that Jim actually has not killed anyone Mm -hmm. up until this point in the film. Like he, despite everything that he's been through, he has not killed a single infected. And so I guess in this moment, that's maybe him kind of wanting to remedy that. He's like, I want to prove that I'm a survivor. or So I don't know, but he's got some vendetta that he needs to solve here. But the the little bit of nuance is he does get infected, but it's a little kid. Mm-hmm. And so the little kid attacks him. He, he very easily kind of outpowers the kid and puts him on the ground. And then we get a moment there where it's like, will he do it? Won't he? And um, we don't see it but it's pretty easy to discern that he does kill that kid. Mm-hmm. Um and that I I I always, every time I get to that part in the movie, I I do always like just kind of think about it for a while and like why he why he chose to do that then and there. I don't know if you had any thoughts on that. Uh, but-
1: I I feel like for Jim like I feel like with where he gets later on in the movie, that's almost our first um, peek into what he's capable of when he like really needs to get out his aggression or really needs to get out his frustration. Because that's what I almost felt like was he was like, like it's almost a way of working out like, you know, like taking out any uh, irritation, frustration, whatever. Just kill one of them Mm -hmm. and then, you know, just call it a day Um, because it's really our first peek into seeing that he has the ability to get violent when he needs to and maybe to let his emotions kind of carry him away at times. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know. I always just took it as that as he just kind of wanted to like take out, take out a little bit of aggression. It just so happened to be a kid, which was not what he was expecting. Um, but, uh, you know, he was still going to... Obviously, since he got something, he, he has to kill it now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I yeah I always just thought that it was kind of one of those, like, pent-up aggression moments.
2: Yeah, Jim wanted a little bit of the smoke, you know? He, uh, yeah, he found it. Um, and so that happens. They do get the gas. Um, they're doing some driving stuff. At some point, they do park and kind of, like, camp out for a little bit. And I do think that sequence... When they're, like, resting and, like, camped out for a while. Um, I thought there, in several places, there was some really beautiful stuff in there. Um, from the conversation that he has with Selena, to the fact that losing these people to him is now his actual nightmare. Mm-hmm. But I did really love, really love, and I don't know if I've just never caught this before, the moment when um, he's having that dream that everybody's left and he's by himself. And he gets wake and he gets woken up by Frank and Frank is like, hey, you're just having a bad dream. And he's like, he like mumbles for a second. He's like, huh, oh, okay. And then he lays back down. He's like, thanks, Dad. And it's just like that. Sm- it's just a quick little moment. We just get that little look on Frank's face, and then we just move on. I thought that shit was so beautiful this time around.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: Yeah.
2: And it really. I feel like it really attaches you to Frank's character. Cause Frank is such a fucking teddy bear. He really is. He's such as like a fluffy dad teddy bear.
1: Yeah. I just think that it's one of those moments where it's like, you know, I think I feel like it kind of shows that they are in their own way becoming like a family. And also for Jim, you know, yeah, he's kind of high on Valium. So, you know, it could (laughs) be one of those. It could be one of those things where, you know, that is something that his dad, I'm sure, did for him. And so it was a very fatherly gesture. And so, you know, maybe for a moment, he really did feel like his dad was putting him back to sleep. Mm-hmm. But I do think that, you know, there's a couple different moments symbolized throughout this, like the thing with the horses and mm-hmm. all of that kind of stuff, where you do realize that in their own way, they're forming this familial bond yeah. that they all haven't had for you know quite a while yeah so that is really nice to see and in and in horror movie fashion uh it gets fucked over in the very next scene <laughs> very um, much so. <laughs> so we're big fans of that over
0: here
2: yeah they there's definitely a trend with this movie of if they give a character that's not jim any sort of like touching moment or a bit of backstory you really should uh be worried about that character. Yeah,
1: you should already be making the funeral arrangements because <laughs> they are going to die very soon.
2: Um. Yeah. So right before we get to that scene, there is they they're basically at the end of their journey, right? They've made it to where the radio is telling them to go, and like on their way there, they act, there's this really cool shot of them driving towards Manchester, which is just completely in flames. Mm-hmm. And they talk about it for a second, and it makes a lot of sense that they're just like, well. A fire probably started, and there are no longer firefighters, so that fire's just been raging nonstop, and, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm gonna be honest, living in LA, I've learned a little bit more about how fires work. I'm gonna be real, I was a little naive to how strong and long uh, fires can be, and Mm -hmm. so the idea that, yeah, if a city's burning post-apocalypse, it's probably gonna continue to burn.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Easy peasy. One little gust of wind, that whole city's in flames. Yeah,
2: that's a fucking wrap. But we get an imagery, and then we get to the spot, and unfortunately for our group, there are no soldiers. There is nothing. Mm -hmm. No one is there. There is just sadness and empty promises, and Frank is pissed.
1: Yeah, yeah. Frank is, this is the first time that we really see Frank lose his cool. He's tired of the broken promises promises, and he... (laughs) was banking, you know, he's he was banking on this being a safe space. And I think for him, the biggest thing is he, you know, is so worried that he just wants a place for his daughter to be safe and where she can have some kind of semblance of life. And they also were guaranteeing over the radio that they had some kind of, you know, uh, they had solved the infection. Like they had figured out some way to combat that. <laughs> so... Yeah, he's been and he was the one like he was the one who brought everybody there. And now there's nothing there. And this is the first time that we really see that for Selena, I think in the past, that would have been her like she would have been upset. But now she's like, you know what? It's fine. Let's just go. Like, yeah, we'll figure something out Because we like Bitch, where (laughs) are we going to (laughs) go?
2: Yeah, straight up. Like, he's not he's not okay. And so, unfortunately for him, like, in his rage, he tries to go and, like, cool off for a second to collect his head. And, um, I mean, everybody who's watched the movie knows what happens here. He sees, like, a crow kind of pecking at a dead soldier. And it just... It's one of of those moments where, like, a little thing just irritates you while you're in a moment of just pure anger. Mm -hmm. And so, he gets pissed. He walks over to try and, like, kick the bird off of the body. And in so doing accidentally gets a miracle drop of plot blood directly into his eyeball which means yeah. in 10 to 20 seconds frank He's will gonna no longer be frank
1: yeah yeah it falls down like on in um, a Cinderella story, when that, like, w- one raindrop falls <laughs> falls <laughs> down onto Light. Chad Michael Murray's face. It's like that, but it falls right into his eye. The and accuracy
2: think- of that drop of blood <laughs> is out of this world yeah. every time.
1: It pinpointed right on his iris. So, yeah, <laughs> it comes down, hits him in the eye. It's, one of, it's just another one of those moments where I think it's very clever because it's not the usual way of getting infected um there are no infected in this scene you know besides once frank turns but just that i it just furthers that idea of you do you cannot let any blood get into any your eyes your mouth anything or that's that's it like you are going to be infected and So we, and I think one thing we see with him is that his is more of like probably like a 20 second change. Yeah. You know, for for, for
2: reasons, for reasons.
1: For reasons. Frank deserves
2: at least 20 seconds.
1: But you can see that he's already getting irritated. Yeah. And part of that is because he's trying to protect his daughter and get her away from him. But he does like like suplex her kind of hard on yeah that push push,
2: (laughs) yeah that push is pretty forceful and um kudos to him for playing that the way he did i think his journey from non-infected to infected is like really fucking spot on for you know uh someone who probably got the note of like all right we need you to turn into a zombie in 20 seconds like right did a pretty damn good
1: job Mm-hmm. I will say this features one of my least favorite parts in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is after Frank gets shot down and he is lying dead on the ground and Hannah just goes, dad, I hate that part. I you think hate it's so, it. I yeah. think it's really dumb. It's kind of
2: cheese. So, it's kind of it's cheese.
1: Like the way she says it, the way everybody's just standing around looking at him and it's, and it's like why i wish they just had no lines there mm-hmm. because it's like it's almost like she's like dad are you okay yeah it's, you know, it's, it's that thing yeah i mean and it's I'm that
2: like, moment of just like it all happens so fucking fast you know like 30 seconds ago she had a dad now he's infected and riddled with bullets i get where it comes from I won't say that it's not a little cheesy like yeah. I will meet you halfway there like I know it's from a good character spot but I understand what you're saying of it's just like that's like we could have taken it out and it would have been fine I'm personally okay with it but I get it I get it I get it.
1: yeah I think it's just such a dramatic moment mm-hmm. and I'm like I'm like oh my god that's so sad and then I was like dad and then i just immediately like it just takes me out of it every time so, but it's a nitpicky thing
2: yeah yeah and so going into this portion i'm kind of curious so is this now i know you said you didn't watch this movie since like high school but is this like would you say this is your second time watching it third like any idea
1: um uh, yeah it's probably like my third time, third time? It all the way
2: through okay and, um going into this section with the soldiers How did you feel about this portion? Because over the years, my feelings about this part of the movie has shifted. Um, But I'm curious how you feel about the whole soldier bit.
1: Yeah, mine too. I remember the first time that I watched this movie, I did not care for this part at all. Mm -hmm. It was just so out of... It just wasn't where I was expecting this movie to go. It felt like it took up a good chunk of the movie. Mm -hmm. And I... Just wasn't it? Didn't keep my attention as much as the first bit did because I was so invested in the characters. And then once we got here, that got spread out amongst so many unlikable characters. And I also, um, I feel like when I was younger, I didn't really clock what they were trying to do. Same
0: with Hannah
1: yeah. and Selena. Yeah, like I, that really wasn't a thing that I was paying attention to. And so um i didn't understand i was like why do they want to kill jim just because he's like trying to make them leave like you know like i just i it didn't really add up for me the first time that i watched it yeah now i i I do like it more i i will i do still think that if i had to choose i prefer the first part to the soldier bit mm-hmm. but i like this part this part is equally good for me i just think the first part is stronger because of all the character development we get right um but i i understand the soldier part now and i appreciate it more than i i did when i was younger
2: okay cool it's uh, honestly similar to me um first time through i was exactly like you were like i didn't necessarily care for the soldier part and i didn't fully understand the gravity of it as well. And I think that was just because I was like very young. Um, But I think once the soldier portion of this movie actually clicks, same, I, I enjoy it more than I did originally. And I do think when people who aren't diehard fans like myself um talk about this movie, I always feel like it's around here where either people are in for the rest of the movie or we lose people. Is during the soldier portion of it. So, like, just a quick disclaimer is that if you've only seen this movie once and you really didn't like the soldier part, give it one more shot at some point later on. You know, see if maybe um, it clicks a little bit differently the other time. Because it did take me multiple watches to actually like where the movie goes towards the end. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, the last bit to me now isn't bad. I, I actually really, really... Um, enjoy it the first half is still better it always will be um Mm -hmm. but this portion isn't awful
1: i I do like the way that it unfolds i can understand why this second half because it's a tricky thing right when you start to get into the whole like oh, now we're on the humanity side of like, as you know, an infected or a zombie movie. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to just be like, oh, my God, this again, because it is real. You know, that is a thing that would happen, but it. It can so easily go from grounded in reality to cheesy, like, you know, like it's it's a very, very hard thing to balance. I do think that they did it well here because I, I think they were smart in the way they did this, because like you have this group of soldiers who, you know, that that wasn't originally what they were. Wanting or what they were doing they were really just trying to survive and then they Kind of are giving up and then you have this, you know, and then he Promises like the sergeant is like "Well, I I promise you women and we'll continue on and there'll be a future and whatever and he like puts this idea into their brain and then they are the worst people ever after Mm -hmm. that because they're so fixated on this idea and i i like that more than just oh i was always in i was always evil and this was always my plan and i do like the different personalities of the soldiers you know they're all they're all different but i think we just kind of we start to stray a little bit from our main characters and and then you and it's it is hard to watch like hannah and selena be subjected to this yeah it's rough to watch and then you know jim's on his own little like side mission yeah um which is also i i enjoy watching jim do the damn thing all of a sudden he's like rambo which is great i've been yeah. cause you're kind of waiting for that moment for him throughout the movie yeah and when it comes it's very satisfying and it's satisfying to see it come against the soldiers
2: it's true and I, I will also throw it out there that um the soldier bit um, even though I didn't understand it the first time I watched it, I goodness, I didn't necessarily see it coming the way that they would be evil. Like I had a feeling they may be kind of evil, but I didn't mm-hmm. figure out why, or I didn't understand why. But if you actually watch very closely through those scenes, there is a shit ton of foreshadowing that I don't mm-hmm. think you really pick up until you get multiple watches in. But from the fact that, The, I think the dinner scene is absolutely great foreshadowing with the omelet thing of it like looking like this delicious feast that they haven't had in forever. And he takes one bite and it's like, Oh, this is completely awful. This is sour. This is not as good as what it looks, which is a direct, you know, correlation to their current situation. Um, when he's revealing that he, um, promises men women and he offers Jim a drink, it's literally the same alcohol that frank had shown to jim earlier in the movie so it's like they were already jacking their shit like they were already mm-hmm. taking their supplies and using their stuff but it was very subtle in the way that they were doing it mm-hmm. and well
1: oh go ahead no,
2: no go for it go for it
1: well no and i was just gonna say and also if you even go back to earlier with frank and then when they were all there they could have they were obviously already there. Like, mm-hmm. the soldiers were already there. And they could have come out of hiding, you know, a long time ago. Nah, but but I waited. think it helped. Yep, it helped. They got rid of Frank. And then even uh, when they, like, call it in on their way there and they're like, we have one male and two females. It's like, okay, we got rid of one of them. Mm-hmm. We've got one left, but we have two girls. Like, we can, we can work with this. Yeah. It's, like, almost the way it is. Because it's like, why did they wait so long to come out? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they came out and they're like, oh, we're here. We're going to kill your father. <laughs> like Obviously, <laughs> obviously they needed to kill him at that point, but they could have come out sooner. Yeah. If they wanted to help all of them, they could have. Yeah, they
2: definitely could have. But they don't. And so they're stuck in that situation. Um, I didn't write that in my notes because like now I'm just so hyper aware of it because of the podcast. But when we get to see Homeboy in, like, the middle section, I'm like, why y'all gotta put the black man on a chain like that?
1: Why, why y'all gotta
2: do that? Like, come on now.
1: Dude, he looks so fucking cool, though. I love that zombie. Yeah. Like, oh, he's... He's... He, uh, and he I gets think shit, be, done I think shit done later. I just think it would have been so much fun. To play that character,
2: yeah. And usually, when you get like pictures of an infected from this film, they usually use him too. So like, yeah. you know, jokes jokes aside, he is a fucking fantastic. Um, one of the infected,
1: and that's the longest. Uh, this is like the longest look we get at one of the infected, and it looks fucking painful. He's like vomiting up blood, and mm-hmm. he, you know, it just it's one of those things where knowing that they are still alive underneath there um, and seeing what it does to them, it's pretty hard to look at at certain times, especially because their eyes are red. I don't know what it is about when I see like eyes that are really bloodshot are really red it makes me want to cry yeah
2: Uh, right it makes makes your eyes uncomfortable to see Mm -hmm. their eyes like that yeah yeah definitely
1: he's yeah he's a super cool (laughs) um character he's the
2: most badass of the infected let's be real he's he's the creme de la creme of infected
1: he's the beyonce of the infected (laughs) 100 percent
2: um but okay two more things before we talk about or kind of wrap up here Mm -hmm. um so two good good bits of plot stuff that we do get from this portion of the movie is with him number one the infected in person or (laughs) in person if the infected (laughs) we're talking about um it's through him and the colonel that we get the idea that these infected will eventually die from starvation Because, like we said earlier, they're not really eating people for sustenance. They're just fueled by untapped rage to hurt things. But they're not really eating. So they kind of have a limit to how long they can last because of the human body. So that's one little bit of, like, plot story stuff that we get. The second one, which I don't think I noticed until um, this last viewing, is the scene where we get the one guy who's not about the plans... That people are doing. Um, he's locked up with Jim in the jail. And he... In his, like, ranting... We only get to hear half of it. Because they do this little audio thing where, like, Jim's, like, not listening. And then we start to catch in on what he's talking about. But he's talking about this idea that... This infection is only happening here. Like, everywhere else in the world is moving on with their lives. And they've just quarantined the area. And he thinks that all of his colleagues are crazy for doing what they're doing because this isn't the end of the fucking world. They just think it is. And so they're trying to do this thing that's so inhumane and not right in the situation. That's not even worldwide. It's just them. Like Mm -hmm. they're the, they're, they're in the problem area, which is something I didn't pick up on one of my first viewings. And truth be told, I like that it's sprinkled in because we see a little bit more of it later on too. I like that it's sprinkled in because it actually gives some merit to the sequel that we do eventually get because they do they do reference it more times than I realize. The fact that they... this I assumed that what was happening in this movie was happening everywhere but they say in the movie, like, no, no, it's just here. Like, mm-hmm. it's just in London and it makes sense because that's where you know, the virus got originally um, Mm -hmm. leaked from, so.
1: Yeah, well, so that was something I, I noticed the first time I watched it, and I was under the impression that it was only there.
0: Because
1: despite what they said earlier, because I know that Mark and Selena kind of mentioned like, oh, they had mentioned that it was on the radio. They said it was spreading to Paris and then they said it was spreading to New York and then like the radio got cut off. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that that was the case because it just doesn't make sense. If this is a virus with that within 10 to 20 seconds, you're already infected how would it travel you know like it's not like oh i get on a plane and i'm already sick and then i get there and then like you know then i turn yeah you would already be turning unless it was dormant in your system but as far as we know you know this early on that does not seem to be the case so yeah it seems like what they heard on the radio was misinformation and he knows that it is contained because mm-hmm. it would make sense that it would be contained yeah. at this point in time this early on. It makes sense that it would be contained.
2: Yeah. It's not like it's not like COVID where like you can have it and then unknowingly pass it. And like, not if you, know. Yeah. If you got the rage virus, you know, you got the fucking rage virus. Yeah. Um, but everybody know. <laughs> everybody, everybody knows. <laughs> Um, but so they attempt to kill Jim and the guy who's not with the program, uh, program guy's dead, but Jim gives them the, the clean slip. And then as Erica said, goes full Rambo, just fucking John wicks the shit out of like (laughs) one of the soldiers and then makes his way back and just proceeds to fuck all of their shit up, just tear down their entire operation. Um, In the matter of one very rainy evening. And I love this ending for several reasons. Because I think the chase throughout the entire compound is absolutely fucking fantastic. But along with that, it really emphasizes another one of my many favorite parts about this movie is the score. I think the score of this movie is absolutely fantastic. And the song that they play during that climax scene um in a house in a heartbeat is one of my favorite movie tracks of all fucking time um i believe that's john murphy who did that one but i'll double check that but it's such a good track and every time i hear it in any 28 days movie it always just hypes me
0: though fuck up (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: yeah it's a great ending uh like i said it's great to see jim finally kind of get his chance to fight back and this is also when we get we get some great shots in the sequence, like the one with the zombie in the window is like mm-hmm. a great shot. And watching kind of chaos unfold, and you know, not really knowing how it's all gonna pan out, you get some great moments with that, like the moment with Hannah behind the mirror and oh, different stuff I like love that the are, are mir- great. Yeah.
2: There's just there's sections. there's so many in that sequence. They're just so good.
1: Mm -hmm. The way they play with
2: lighting and all that stuff, too. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, it's great. And then, like I said, this is when we finally get to kind of the end of Selena's arc where she, because Jim is going sicko mode on this soldier's head, he's like bashing it and just will not stop. And he's like pushing his fingers in his eyeballs. And so from Selena's point of view, it kind of looks like he might be infected. He's covered in blood. He's just beating the shit out of this guy. And so she has a chance to kill him, but she hesitates, which is something she said she would never do. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that just, you know, we've solidified that she has found, you know, her hope and the thing that is going to be keeping her going besides just survival. And so it's hard now for her to just give that up. So she hesitates, and thankfully she does. Cause she doesn't kill Jim, yeah, <laughs> she doesn't. She <laughs> she almost did, but she. But
2: she it. almost. But I did write down, ooh, girl, don't kiss him right now. That's a that's a bad move. <laughs> I let I let that slide for the moment and like how you know intense the feelings are just then. But you know damn well she got blood in her mouth making out with him in that yeah. moment.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So
2: like girl, he look real nasty right now. I wouldn't.
1: I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Maybe one, but they were like. St- Smooth, like steady making out
2: yeah and she was like
1: kissing all over his face yeah
2: yeah yeah, yeah. pick
1: a place just pick one <laughs> <out>. <laughs> uh,
2: but they end up like winning basically everybody's dead outside of uh jim Sel- selena and um
1: hannah and hannah.
2: hannah thank you um everybody's dead and they're trying mm-hmm. to make their way out which i love the call back to hannah driving Uh, Oh, well, first off, actually, Jim gets shot. That happens. Mm -hmm. Um, He gets shot in the stomach. And then they proceed to... Hannah proceeds to drive the colonel directly into the hands of our favorite enraged infected. Um, And then they proceed to try and drive out of the compound. The only way to do so, though, is they have to break through the gate with a car. And then... As it's crashing through, we get this little freeze frame. Everybody looks like they're about to crash. We get the 28 Days Later. And then an epilogue, kind of, sort of? I kind of consider mm-hmm. the portion... Like, for me, the movie really does end there. Like, I feel like that's the movie. But mm-hmm. then they just allow us to see what happens afterwards. That's kind of how I've always looked at it. Um But that happens, and we get an epilogue portion where we get a little bit of... Um, vision of Jim in the hospital and they, they manage to patch him up um, despite the fact that he's gotten shot and then we fast forward they're now living in a house out by a lake um, they seem happier there's no infected really around them and they're working on giant signs to potentially um, get attention from some planes that are flying overhead to come and rescue them because mm-hmm. there are planes flying overhead which is kind of a big deal because it definitely establishes the fact that they are there are people out there yeah out <laughs> aside from them like people exist that's like the big yeah. that's the biggest takeaway from the fact that there are planes is that there are other people in the world not being ripped to shreds by the rage virus um mm-hmm. but that is that is where we end I'm kind of curious how did you feel? about that, like, last, last portion. Like, did, did it work for you? Did you like seeing the kind of, like, happy ending-ish?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. I feel like because besides... Uh, this movie, to me, really is such a, like, character-driven movie. Mm-hmm. Um, pu- you know, putting aside the horror aspect of it and everything, it really, really feels like... um a character drama in certain parts. And so it's nice to have a send-off of our characters and to know what happens to them. Cuz don't no, I I don't mind, you know, a a movie that kind of stops and leaves things unsure. But after everything that we had gone through with these characters, I wanted to know
2: what what happened? what
1: happened and even if we didn't know they got rescued or whatever i at least was it was nice to know that they were alive you know and that you know jim was still alive and that was uh, that he was okay and they were okay because i don't i think if we just ended with them crashing i would have been like oh they all died mm-hmm. like they they, they died <laughs> right um so, no, I really, really like the ending of this. I like the happy ending. I like the uplifting ending. I think it fits in with this movie, and I think it's earned.
2: Yeah. I I kind of feel that. They're, I, I flip-flop a little bit because... So, I watch this... I, I have the DVD of this, of course, and so I like to watch the special features. And they actually have, uh, I guess, technically four different endings for this movie. Mm-hmm. Speeding through them real quick. We have the ending that we got, the theatrical ending, There's another ending where Jim actually does die in the hospital. That is another ending where they attempt to save him. They fail. And then it's just a shot of, uh, Jim back in the hosp- back in the hospital again, but he's dead. And then Selena and Hannah walking off. Um, which I really, really like that ending personally as somebody who's like slightly masochistic when watching movies. Um, but I understand people kind of wanting a more uplifting ending towards um this movie but that's one the other one is very similar to how the movie actually ends what we got the only difference is jim does still in fact die and then that last scene when he's at the table with selena instead of jim being there it's actually just a chicken like he gets replaced by a chicken which i just found very funny (laughs) it's really funny i'm sure you can find it on like youtube or something like that where it's just literally the ending scene it's just instead of jim it's a chicken just for all of his parts in that last bit and then so both of those endings actually did get shot so you can like visually see those and then the other ending that never got shot but reached the concept phase is they had a version of this movie where there was no soldiers at all and it continue like after they get to the checkpoint it actually continues with more of just the same initial group of four moving through the city and exploring and some stuff happens to them there but like there was a version of this movie with no soldiers like that was actually on the concept table at one point in time Gotcha. yeah
1: okay i mean i'm glad see and then if i think about that i'm like what what else could they do so I'm like, but that might just be because I've only ever known the version with the soldiers. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm used to, but okay. i I
2: will let you know that that version still involves Jim dying, so only one of these the has fuck? Jim surviving, <laughs> so
0: okay <laughs>
2: well, um Jim, Jim got off got off, uh, got off uh, pretty easy as far as these endings are concerned. I'd say,
1: mm-hmm. oh, um, wow, okay, uh, yeah,
2: no I mean I feel like that's. That's about it. That's, That's twenty eight days later.
1: That's it, y'all. Um, all right. Also, well, do we rate this? I think we know what you're gonna rate it.
2: Uh, yeah, I think we do too. Um, but what should we rate it out of?
1: <laughs> um, we could rate it out of chickens. Chickens. Now. We could rate it out of Pepsi cans. Pepsi cans. What does he ask her for? Uh, it's not Tang, is it?
2: Uh, what? Was it Tang? No, it was like Tang. I feel like it was like Tango. I don't know if it was Tang.
1: Oh, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um.
2: What about know. um Bloody Teardrops? How about that?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> bloody, Bloody Teardrops. <laughs> All
2: right. Well, I'll just go first just to get out of the way.
0: because
2: <laughs> we already know, homies, this is a very... If I could do six out of five, I would. But this is five out of five bloody teardrops uh from me this is one of my favorite movie this is probably my favorite infection zombie movie ever and one of my favorite movies of all time um i've seen this movie a stupid amount of times i love it every single time um i could have talked for at least Two more hours on this subject, and I don't know if that's something y'all actually want to hear. Maybe I'll do a full like expose on Twenty Eight Days Later for y'all. But the short story is, I fucking love this movie. It's fantastic. If you haven't seen it yet, for whatever reason, go fucking watch this movie. Five out of five bloody teardrops.
1: <laughs> um, I'll give this a four out of five bloody teardrops.
2: We'll take it.
1: <laughs> um, no, yeah, it is a great movie. I really enjoyed rewatching it. It's got some great shots. It's got some fantastic characters and yeah I don't know what they're just, what they were able to do with the the atmosphere the story um, the way that the infection is portrayed I think was very very effective in this movie and though it came out in 2002 I think this movie still feels very fresh and very new I it's not a perfect movie for me only because I don't think it's equally as strong in parts. I don't think the first half and the second half match up uh, as far as like holding my attention i suppose um so for that i can't give it a perfect score but i I do i do enjoy this movie and i do appreciate this movie now a lot more now that i'm older than i did when watching it when i was younger um so yeah i would recommend giving this movie a rewatch if it's been a while since you've seen it because that could change your feelings on on certain things so yeah Four out of five bloody teardrops for me.
2: Uh, what a beautiful day when the homies of four didn't split up because Erica hated this movie. <laughs> yeah,
1: This could have been the last episode of the podcast. <laughs> but lucky you guys, it's not. Um, All right. So that's it for us today, homies. Uh, and that is it for us talking about 28 Days Later. Uh, as always, we would love to hear your guys' thoughts. I'm sure Roshane would love to hear Y'all. What you guys think of this movie <laughs> my dms
2: are fully open for 28 days later talk hit me up whenever you want
1: <laughs> uh so if you want to talk about it on social media we are homies of horror at Wait, well, at everything, on everything. (laughs) Um, But our email is homiesofhorror at gmail.com. If you would like to email us, you can email us requests, recommendations, and business inquiries. Um, As always, if you are so inclined, you can leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it, and it helps more people get introduced to the homies. So if you have an account on there and you would like to do that, eh, we really appreciate it. And we like to know what you guys are thinking. Uh, Once again, no Twitch stream today on this Monday, the 28th, no Twitch stream, but we um, should be back next week like normal. We'll talk about it in our episode if anything changes. But other than that, homies, We hope you enjoyed our conversation today. We hope you have a great rest of your week. And we will be catching you next time.
2: Catch you later, homies.
1: Bye.